Hello, I'm Connor McCabe. I'm Jeremy Schmidt. And me, Otacon. And we're here with patreon.com slash supernpcradio. <laughs> and that's the zombie who lives in the library of the Raccoon City Police Department. And there it is. I just pissed myself. That's right. This police station has a library, and the library has a zombie. We're here circling the big table in the center of the library to tell you about the Resident Evil 2 remake Games Club. Every Friday, we drop a new episode covering another chunk of Leon and Claire's adventures through Raccoon City in the RE2 remake. Great question, Library Zombie. You can find the podcast by joining our Patreon. It's available at the $10 DJ Toad tier. <laughs> That's right. You should sign up today at patreon.com slash supernpcradio. Say, Library Zombie, what are you doing here in the library? <laughs> You're looking for a specific book? How to Win Friends and Influence People. Why do you want to read that? <laughs> Oh, you're trying to get ahead in your career. See, I didn't know zombies had careers. Oh, your job is biting Leon and Claire. Zombies have jobs just like us. I bet that makes for a pretty cutthroat work environment, huh? Probably hard to make friends with your fellow zombies. Yeah, that does sound lonely. Check us out today. Patreon.com slash super NPC radio. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to hear from them about a meaningful or memorable video game from a particular moment in their life. On the show, we talk as much about what made playing that game special or memorable to our guest as we will dive into the context of how and when they had this significant time with it in the first place or revisited it. We'll have to see what our guest has to share with us today. A little bit of housekeeping up top is that if my guest and I, and by if, I mean when my guest and I plug stuff today, if you want to follow any of those things that we are sharing, you can just click a link in the show notes. So below you, wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can click an easy link to any of the following, including, if you'd like to, you can follow us on social media. Uh, The podcast is on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Blue Sky. And there you can see uh, the episodes we have coming out every week. You can learn about our guest and what other great things they have going on and how to support that. And you can also see the cool art that I share every week um, on the show, every gosh darn week. Uh, and then we also have been putting our episodes up on YouTube. Uh, so if you are listening to the audio version and you'd uh, like to see what all the fuss about this video is about, you can check us out on YouTube as well. And if you're listening to the audio, uh, to the YouTube version... Uh, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Check us out on Apple, uh, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, which is going away, but you can still subscribe there. Um, there's plenty of places you can do that, um, which goes a long way to support the show. Uh, you can also leave a rating and review, um, share the show with a friend. And then lastly, uh, if you uh, want to support us a whole nother way and you like me and the conversations I have with people about podcasts, you can check us out on Patreon. We've got a whole network of shows over at patreon.com slash super 
NPC Radio, uh, where you can find a bunch of bonus content that I am on. Uh, speaking of which, right now, uh, well, every quarter, uh, on every Friday, we have a Games Club episode that releases uh, for all of our DJ Toads. Uh, it's a tier over there on Patreon. And currently, our quarter four Games Club, we are going through Resident Evil 2 Remake. Uh, and I'm an easily scared person. And I got to say, folks, game's pretty scary. And it's pretty good. So if you want more of that stuff, again, you can check us out on Patreon. There is a link in the show notes below. Uh, But that'll do it for the housekeeping, and I'll finally introduce our guest for today's episode. So please welcome actor and director Kelly Nugent. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, Connor. Hey, thank you for being here. Um, This comes up occasionally on the show, but, you know, I'm often quite familiar with my guests or have at least, you know, met more than once in person. You and I have met one time in person. So I just wanted to say, like, just let the listener know how brave you are for coming on the show. A huge (laughs) leap that you've taken, you know, hopping on the Internet to talk to Mm. not a stranger, but an acquaintance about video mm-hmm. games? I think that's yeah, how I Yeah, and it. you did show me the very thick folder dossier that you had compiled on me. Yes. And um, I guess I'm ready. I guess yeah. <laughs> I, I hope that nothing too horrible comes out about me, knock on wood. Yes, um, I am planning mostly gotcha questions <laughs> for this podcast today. Um, and so not only are you brave for continuing to do that, but after seeing the, all that evidence, uh, wow, uh, who knows what's to come. But yeah. Uh, Kelly, thank you so much for doing the show today. I'm really excited to have you on. Um, Like I was kind of getting into earlier and we talked about before, I know you through dear, dear friend of the show, Mm. Patrick Ellers. Um, But what do you want to share with the listener about yourself? Who are you? What should people know about you? Hmm. Um, I am an actor and director and a writer as well. But I also just like make a lot of different types of things. Yeah. Um, most recently, <laughs> I undertook a very like mentally ill project wherein, oh. well, so I was recently um, house sitting for my parents um, for 21 days. Oh, wow. Yeah. In um, Los Angeles? It, or should they I even live ask what like, location? <laughs> yeah, they live like 40 minutes. No, that's not true. 40 minutes with no traffic, but like basically two hours south in Torrance. Okay, so, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, it can be anywhere between two hours and 40 minutes. Um, But also they had an elderly dog, so I couldn't leave for very long. Yes. So I was trapped there for 21 days. And so um, I was like, well, out of my time and solitude, (laughs) I will, I'll at least try to like work on something. Yes. Um, And do you know Omar Najam? I don't. Uh, He does this like very low-key, just, like, fun uh, Halloween festival every year called 13 Days, 13 Shorts. Oh, cool. um, Where in, like, the 13 days leading up to uh, Halloween, there's, like, a theme that's released, and so you create something based on Ooh. that theme. And it doesn't have to be a short film. Um, like, four years ago, I wrote a children's book for it. Um, oh, my gosh. I wouldn't say it was a children's book, actually. I'd say it's, like, mm, it's about, like, child detectives who, like, solve their first murder in, like, sure. book 46. Um, <laughs> so it kind of is, like, a, a take on that. But anyway, this year I was like, okay, Kelly, don't try to do this all by yourself. So I, like, conscripted people into making a, like, weird multimedia project consisting mostly of found footage and, um, uh, like, user-generated content of from a fictional town. Um 
where each day's theme is a different thing that reveals more about this like messed up town. Whoa. Um, and it's all hosted on the most ugly website I've ever made in my life because it's supposed to look like a 1990s website. So yeah. there's like a lot of gifts and like the background is like space. <laughs> um, and I think we're pretty much done. I mean, it's late, obviously, because it's after Halloween, but we only have one thing left. And so I'm Ooh. like, you know what? We're going to finish that and we'll have done it. Um, That's taught amazing. Taught how to code for it. I was like, I, I don't need to ever be good at coding. I've decided. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to try to do it. I was like struggling. And then I, I was working on this like, uh, have you ever used Twiner? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the, the would, like the story branching yeah. pads software. Yes. 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 So at first my friend's like, you don't have to know HTML to use it. I was like, okay, great. So I'm like using it, but I didn't realize you do have to know how to read it. Yeah. So I then taught myself how to read it. But then after about like six hours of like, intense work on it I found a tutorial and I was like I don't want to talk about this guys <laughs> <laughs> but yes. I did find it and it is actually very user-friendly and very easy um but yeah one of the user-generated content slash found footage things is just like a weird click-through adventure that's amazing um, yeah it is cool um it's what is done. this like a uh, conglomeration of like uh like media call. Did you already say about this? No. So it's made? on SpookyTalicoSprings.net. Amazing. <laughs> and um, it's just like uh, a, a collection of all the different um, things from this town. Yeah. So it's like things from like Instagram Live to Twitch streams to like Craigslist job postings and newspaper articles. And that's amazing it's like you've made yeah. a uh sort of like an adult's uh like horror take on like homestar runner or something kind like of that. yeah 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 kind of like that um and i'd never really done found footage type stuff yeah so that was a cool challenge and it was like i mean i i found that i very much like it because it's very cheap and you can shoot gorilla shoot very easily yeah so anyway, I don't know. I make a lot of different weird things. Um, I'm usually more straightforward, like narrative pieces, but sometimes I do weird things like that. So check out SpookyTelecoSprings.net or SpookyTelecoSprings. I keep saying Teleco. SpookyTelecoSprings.net. Um, and there's like, it's very dumb. I feel like this is something that like someone could just get lost in for like an evening. Like instead of playing a That's video game hope. or watching a movie, you could just be like, well, what is this going to do? Like where, what little piece of media about this town am I going to find here? That's, that's really cool and creative. Uh, well, can you. I ask you about like where this came from a little bit? Um, basically I knew I wanted to do a, I mostly make horror. That's like what I usually do. Um, but I wanted to make a piece that was because usually the themes for this for this um, festival, they're mm -hmm. like not related. Um, gotcha. People just make a little standalone thing for each thing. Mm -hmm. But of course, I am overly ambitious. That is something yeah. that's always been told to me that like everyone's like, oh, my God, you're so ambitious. And I'm like, why are you mean in that way? <laughs> yeah. It, and that's good, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but so I was like, OK, what if it's. 
each day it's like a new thing that reveals this. Well, then what's yeah. a way? What's a way that would make sense that, like both diegetically and non-diegetically, that we yeah. would discover these things? And so I was like, well, what if it's all just like snippets of yeah. this town? And there's a central mystery. And then so I got some people together and we kind of like talked out, like, okay, how, uh, what is this mystery? And like, what's the lore of this town? And how can we unveil it in like an interesting and weird way? And because also all of us are all comedians as well. Yeah. Many of them are funny, um, yes. but also scary. So it's, 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 it's fun. But that, it is very deranged and all of us were having like mental illness episodes during. Oh so like, gosh. it's very clear. Like when you see this, you're like, what? Is this person okay? And the answer is no. Yes. <laughs> but I am now. Good, I'm, back I'm home. so glad. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that has kind of been like taking over my brain until like today. I mean, I literally yesterday I finished, I did a, the Craigslist posting for the job for one of wow. the one of the themes i i feel like we're uh, we're almost having like because sometimes uh, i'm sure if you listen to podcasts or people out there listen to shows like the the bigger more popular podcast where someone goes on like a parade of like their project of like oh this person's got a movie coming out so you heard them on like armchair expert mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and whatever the show that like jason bateman hosts is uh mm -hmm. and i feel like we've had like a re re like like this feels almost like that because what you've made sounds like very unique and like you're going to have oh, to go on a, a string of podcasts now. Uh, <laughs> and this is the first one that you're promoting this on. It just sounds oh, yeah. so cool. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I. I yeah, I am. I am proud of it. I think it's strange and like very much my voice. I think that's like kind of my voice, like um, narratively mm -hmm. is just like strange and then like scary and funny, but also sad. Yes. Um, so that's kind of my vibe. <laughs> Amazing. Um, would you just one more, I'll put it in the show notes, but one more time just for the listener, would you tell oh, us yeah. the name of the website again? SpookyTelecoSprings.net. Um, there's a lot of like, I mean, I just like, just content warning yourself because there yeah. is like very demented violence in this and like some self-harm stuff and like, uh, all of that, but um, it's also strange and funny. Cool. Um, well, thank you again for for telling us about that. Uh, I I kept I asked you to repeat it again because I kept saying Telerico in my brain too, and now I can't get away from that. Teleco, Teleco, Teleco. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, so definitely check that out, uh, listener. You know if that if that vibes with you, there'll be a link in the show notes. Um, is there anything else about yourself that you want to share, whether hmm. it's something you've been up to or that you want people to check out or anything really? Um, well, if you like narrative horror and if you like podcasts, I did a narrative. I wrote and performed and produced a narrative horror podcast called Exile. Um, wow. It's, it's been out for like a couple years now, but um, it's like... I put a lot of work into it, so that's why I keep plugging it. Yeah. Um, it's like post, post, post apocalypse. Uh, this uh, this girl is accused of a crime she didn't commit and is exiled, mm. and she has to travel through the um, dangerous wilds to get back home to Haven, which is her town. Um, but she has to face monsters, both real and in her head, to get back. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, you're just like every everything you've brought up today. Well, the two things you brought up today are like venturing into like. Not necessarily uncharted territory, but like 
feel very explorative or experimental in like their own mediums. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah, that that. So is it like a limited series of li- or like yeah, like it's a six season episodes. essentially? Okay, cool. It's six episodes and it's just one piece. Because after I'd finished it, some people were like, oh, my God, are you going to keep going? And I was like, no, it's done. Yeah. And like, but it's so open. I'm like, yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want I don't want to keep going. Um, Yeah, no, it's done. It's six. Cool. That's really exciting. Um, Well, I'll put a link to that as well in the show notes. If anything else comes up today that you're like, oh, I want people to know about this or (laughs) you can find me here like go crazy. Uh, We've put we put we put a ton of plugs in the episode. So have at it. Um, Great. We're, of course, uh, before we get into, your, you know, talking about your general history with video games, uh, I'd love for you to introduce what you've brought on uh, for the main event today and call me by your game. The game that I've brought is Dragon Age Origins. I'm very excited to get into this. It's going to be fun. Um, uh, so let's get into your history with, uh, with video games. Uh, do you remember, uh, like, the earliest interest that you had in them in your life? Yes. Um, we used to have a computer room when I was a child. Nice. And we had an Amiga in there. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So this is like, I'm kind of dating myself. This is when I was a child. Um, and I remember playing this like Aesop's Fables game. Wow. Where you just click through Aesop's Fables. I don't know. It was very boring. Yeah. And then, um, there was this other game where you... God, I cannot remember what it was called, um, but it was the type where you would like type in the commands and then oh, it was cool. in space. I think it was Space Quest. Interesting. Like a text Actually, adventure? No, not text. Um, well, sort of. Mm-hmm. Space. It was Space Quest. Oh, wow. Nice. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, Space Quest. Oh, you can play it on Steam. <laughs> but I used to I used to play that. And um, yeah, it, it was very fun. Um, and then... Continued so, with PC gaming, I think, because we then got a, a a new computer. Yeah. But I didn't really play much on there except for, like, um, Carmen Sandiego. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. did you know you cannot beat that game? Like, it's part of the game that you can't, or it's just, I like, just really don't, hard? I think it just recycles, like, there's no end. That's brutal. I don't and, think, unless, I don't know, at me, if you've beat it, how many hours did yeah. you put in? That's something that I would have, even if it weren't true, I would have told myself that as a kid because I had yeah. one of those games that like, I also, uh, as if it wasn't obvious, played games growing up. And yeah. my mom was like, well, you're not in school because it's the summer, so you're going to play an educational game. And I was like, yeah. I don't like, this is yeah. too hard. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Brutal. Did you do well, Math Blasters? My sister did Math Blasters. Uh, yes, yes. Um, we have, uh, this is a, the, a, the quickest I've ever plugged the Patreon outside of the show, outside of the housekeeping I do, but we did an episode, um, we did a, there's a weekly episode of our, uh, net that comes out for everybody on our network, and we did an episode on edutainment games uh, when school oh was coming God. back this year. Yeah, and yeah. So I talked about Math Blasters uh, a decent amount. Uh, we, I'm trying Reader to Rabbit, the games. too. Reader Rabbit was on there, um, but yeah. So, but it also sounds like like from an early time you had these devices in home. You didn't have to go outside for some things, at least. No, although I remember. So when the PlayStation came out, my cousins had it, and it was my rich mean cousins. They had it. <laughs> of course, that's how it goes. Yeah, and they were so mean. Um, but of course, I was like, but I just want to play. And also, I don't know. I was bullied a lot when I was a kid, so I think it was just normal for me so I was like oh we're friends um, yes yeah which that's fun to think about 
Yeah, um, that's a whole podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe coming later. Uh, <laughs> um, did you? Did they live nearby, or was it something when you would like visit them, you would see this thing like once a year or something? They well, they lived in Orange County. Okay, gotcha. So kind of nearby, but mm-hmm. still not... inconvenient, especially being you know how we know how LA traffic yeah. goes and driving anywhere in Southern California. It feels like yeah, but. Weirdly, we used to go to my because my grandma and grandpa lived there. Mm-hmm. We used to go to their house every weekend. Oh my gosh! Yeah, because my mom felt like she had something to prove about how she was the best daughter, even though you know she wasn't going to get that information from her parents. You know yeah. what I mean? She's yes. like chasing. She's holding out hope for a different past, is what I'm yes, saying. Yes, uh, this approval that may never come, sort of thing. It didn't. They're dead. Yeah. My grandparents are dead now. They never gave it <laughs> to her. But my cousins lived there yes. and my uncle and aunt and they were always like my grandparents were like, oh, my God, he's the like that son is the best son because he's a doctor. <laughs> but he like didn't even really do anything. Whatever. Yes. Anyway, their kids sucked <laughs> really bad. They sucked horribly. They were really bad kids and bad people. And I think they're continuing to be bad people now. Um, Sorry about that. Jeez. It's OK. Yeah, it's fine. Um, But they had a PS uh, or a at the time, I guess it wasn't called PS1, but yeah. they had a PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had an N64. So I remember playing a lot of N64. And I remember playing, I liked Yoshi's Story a lot. Oh, wow. I loved that game. And it's I like. Such a pleasant yes. game. That I only rented it, but I always was like, yeah, pleasant's the word I would use. Wait, growing up, did you rent consoles? I don't think I rented a console once. Did you? Really? So we rented the N64 for like a weekend and it came with like four games Mm -hmm. to see if my parents were like, okay, do we want to get an N64? Yes. And I was very lucky always with video games because my parents like video games. Oh, huge. So that- the Amiga just being around. Yeah, because the Amiga was there. So- I ne- we never had to beg for a new console because, like, my dad always wanted a new console. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we had the N64, but that was, like, all we had for a while because I stopped playing video games. Um, oh, gotcha. Was, probably, was it, well, was probably, it, like, middle school. Okay, gotcha. Was it just you? Did you have any siblings who would also play? I have a little sister. She's four years younger, so we would play, but, like... Um, oh my God. And my mom would play with us and my mom's like not very good. Uh-huh. But I remember we would play Mario Kart and my mom would be like, it's not nice. You have to wait for me. And I was like, no. Yeah. That's so funny. That's usually like, I feel like if you were to hear that, like in a typical scenario, it'd be like uh, the younger sibling. But in this case, it was your parent. That's so great. Yeah. Well, my mom is in some form of arrested development. So it's, you know, she's like not childish, but childlike in some ways. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like, um, yeah, she wanted us to wait for her. Yeah. uh, Playing that game. Yeah. Great. A great use of arrested development. Uh, Oh, thank you. I don't think I've heard that used outside of just people talking about the show. Um, Came from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. that's really cool. So you were an N64 kid. Uh, mm-hmm. You Well, I have a couple questions for you first. Um, do you remember games that you would play on the PlayStation at your cousin's house that captured your attention? Yes. Tekken and Spyro. Oh, man. Very cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought Tekken was cool, and I remember really being interested in like playing as the log guy. Because <laughs> I was like, whoa, he's a log, and everyone's like, he sucks. And I was like, no, but he's like a log. That's cool. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a log. I've. Uh, it's probably going to be obvious. Not a lot of experience with Tekken, but I did not know Hold there was on, a log guy. See. That's incredible. I, I do. Just, oh, Moku Jin. A sentient wood training dummy. Oh, I didn't realize he was that. Oh, that makes sense. That's but cool. he's a log. Oh, they wow. removed him from the game. Oh, sad. No, but he's a log. Come on. <laughs> Come on now. So that's so funny. So Tekken and Spyro, those are ones. Spyro's that's one that I would. So oh, um, I'm, my brain's move. My mouth is moving faster than my brain. One of the two is happening. <laughs> I also grew up with a Nintendo 64, or we got one eventually, and I never mm-hmm. had, didn't own a PlayStation console until the year 2019, so I always Whoa. sort of like, I know, I, I like really envied them. And f- they're and cool. Sort of, they're, they are They are really cool. cool. They're yeah. cooler. And six, like Nintendo products, I love them. They're not cool. Yes, yeah. They're PlayStation's like very cool and sleek. Oh, absolutely. And even like, I mean, of course, at the time, like this was happening before that generation, but there was always like the the cooler, faster console, whether it was yeah. like, you know, the Genesis or whatnot. So mm-hmm. I remember seeing like playing the PlayStation at a friend's house that I would like wait at before we would go to school in the morning because my mom had work earlier. Yeah. And I remember uh, like a, a Bugs Life, the A Bugs Life movie game. Oh, my God. Which... Is pretty good, and it's a game I definitely bought on eBay in the pandemic of 2020. Oh, my God. Uh, and it's okay now. Uh, and then Spyro was also one of those that I'll say I've revisited, and I thought it was great, especially Hold for, up. like, a, yeah. Yeah, it's a fun, great 3D platformer. Uh, it's charming. It's very 1998, but it's good. Um, uh, so I was just kind of curious as to, like, the games that you uh, – like would visit and sort of uh, like in, or look upon fondly because I've experienced that throughout my life. But when it comes to the N64, you said Mario Kart, you played a little Yoshi story. Mm-hmm. Are there others that stick out since that was like your console? Perfect Dark. I remember I played Perfect Dark a lot and I kind of didn't get how to play it. So I would just like run around. <laughs> and that was like also before the time you could look things up. Right? Yes. Yeah. So – there was so much that and Banjo Tooie for some reason, not Banjo Kazooie. I don't know. Specifically, Banjo Tooie and Perfect Dark mm. were games. Oh, and this game called Sphinx. Sphinx. Interesting. Oh, wait, no. Sphinx was maybe not N64. I think maybe that was PS2. Okay. Never gotcha. mind. Never mind. Not Sphinx. But I remember like. It's just funny the kinds of things that we, before the internet was really like a place to waste your time, like the things that we were okay with doing, like to fill boredom. Because I would literally, like I'd be playing Banjo-Tooie, not having any fun really. And just like running around and being like, I don't know where I'm supposed to go. Like, I don't know what I'm, even how to fight or do anything. And being like, not very happy playing it, but just like, well, it's better than like just imagining, I guess. Like what's sure. another way to spend your time as a kid? Yeah. Um, and especially if you like don't have a ton of friends and like 
you're like weird. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I could go outside and like look at geodes and like think about being small or I could like <laughs> play a game that I'm not very good at. So yeah, there's would I, this isn't like a totally uncommon thing either. I feel like I've heard people share uh, similar things from like their childhood where they would like go into a game like this and just sort of either just walk around and explore or tell their own sort of stories. Like, would you do, I mean, you're obviously a storyteller. Would you do that ever? You know what's funny? No, I never told my own story. I think I just kind of, like, literally my only thought was like, huh? And I'd just be like (laughs) running and I'd just be like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then my sister would be like, let me try. And I'd be like, no. (laughs) That was like it. Um, Did you, did you, experience that when you would play games not me i've just heard it from other Uh other kids i think i would either like really enjoy something or bounce off like severely and be like oh i don't know how to do this so i'm going to avoid it yeah Uh, which is unfortunately you know leaked into other areas of my life of of not you know just persevering through difficult stuff yeah Um, but also like i don't know don't push yourself through stuff that isn't giving you any joy Good. You know what? Good point. I need to I need to think about that more often when I'm... I don't know. I never, never talk to me if you're thinking of like quitting your job. Yeah. Because I'm always like, what's it doing for you? Yeah. I don't know. I because I used to be an attorney. I practiced for like oh, wow. two years in California and it sucked horribly and I really didn't like it. So I left in 2015 and then like I'm not I'm not a stranger to blowing up my life. Sure. Is yeah. what I'm saying. I got divorced two years ago. Like it is like I'm just like. Sometimes you just need to change your life. Yeah. If you're sure about it. Like mm-hmm. if you're sure about something, you just need to change it. So I'm always like, I don't know. If it's not giving you joy, like why do it? Yeah. I've I feel like I've given like a variation of that advice too much or maybe not too much, but often in my life. Like if I have friends who are in a relationship with someone that they're unhappy mm. with or they're like they're in they're in like a separated breakup and they're mm-hmm. like we're not we're not together now but i like i want to be with them i'm always just like do you like yeah no what same if you just explored just like let yourself go and be free and explored other things in your life or like let yourself believe that other things are out there for you uh but i feel like i've only really given that advice in relationships and uh these people won't listen to the podcast and i won't name them but one of those <laughs> couples got married in our marriage so w- obviously I don't know a thing about it. So Yeah, but getting married doesn't mean it's good. That's true. Um, not that I'm saying, but like I I am that way too. Like it's yeah. very like if people are like Well, to me, I'm like if you don't like being with that person, <laughs> then don't be with them. Yes. Like there figure out the difference between like what is good about being with this person versus what is good about having a partner. Cuz mm-hmm. if the only thing that's good about being with them is having a partner, then they're not giving you anything yeah, you know that's valuable. for sure. I think uh, that uh, you know, depending on how the entertainment career goes for both of us, we should start a practice where we just uh, give people <laughs> advice on uh, leaving. Um, uh, Run that's away, babes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're like they only give this advice here. Um, uh, that's that's cool. Thank you for telling me a little bit more about your N sixty four history. Um, you said yeah. in like the junior high, middle school time, you stopped playing games. Um, would you either touch on that or like what got you back into games? Sure. Um, so dual analog happened. Oh, cool. And um, I guess, you know, with that, I was like, I can't do this. 
Yeah. But plus, it was the only time that, and, and this is specifically dual analog with the rise of first-person shooters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, obviously dual analog existed for many games that were, like, top-down or... Um, like third person is still a little bit different, but like for some mm-hmm. reason, FPS, I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. Um, and it coincided with um when I was young, gaming was not cool. Being a nerd was not cool. I specifically remember, because I was just very desperate to not be bullied or like to have friends or like to be thought of as cool. So I would literally like oftentimes pretend to be dumber than I was mm. or I'm um, not interested. I'd be like, oh, my God, what's that? And in my head, I'd be like, I know every single detail about that game. Like, yes. Yeah. So then I just totally. stopped. I stopped being interested in it and just wanted very desperately to have a, quote, normal life. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I s- stopped then. Um, and then... I started back in, I think I was still kind of playing some maybe in high school. Sure. And then in late college, yeah, it would be late college. I think I had a PS2 and it was right when PS3 came out. So a Mm. lot of games were like really cheap. Um, And I had it at my parents' house and I went and bought, I I played like X-Men Legends or something. Uh Uh-huh. That game was so fun. And the thing that I liked about that game was that because I liked uh, X-Men and Marvel and stuff at that time. So it yeah. was like fun collecting the characters and like collecting the different outfits. And I would and this is where the storytelling would come in because I would like get my little group of characters. Yeah. Um, and I'd be like, oh, these people never really hang out. Let's see what happens <laughs> when they course, do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd be like, whoa, then maybe they can be friends. And then. Yeah, I, I played X-Men Legends 1 and 2 probably in college, but only when I was at my parents' house. And I mm-hmm. still, like, pretended I didn't really know how to play video games. And also, like, this guy I was dating at the time was very into Halo. Hmm. And I was like, I can't do that. Yeah. I don't know. It, I think it was, very common at that time, too, if you weren't, like, someone who made that transition uh, of that, like, specifically when Halo came out, I think console first-person shooters, like you're saying... Yeah. It's a really hard thing. Like, I know people who are interested in games now who still struggle with that r- right stick for the camera and using both yeah. at the same time. It's it's a hurdle for sure. Yeah. But the weird thing is, I think it just took me finding games that, like, really pulled me in enough, like, narratively or – because yeah. for me, story-driven is very important. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, like, Halo – no offense. Halo, like, doesn't really have that great of a story. Totally. It's mostly – you know, has that multiplayer focus so much. So – I think I was like, okay, once I like started playing games that were like interesting to me, I was like, it's worth it to learn how to play them. And then now I, it's very easy. And I, you know, taught myself how to play like mouse keyboard for first person shooter and stuff like that. So it's, you know, yeah, you, it's learnable. Totally. If you want to. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like if the interest is there and if something really grabs you, do you remember any games that like did that for you? Mass Effect. Oh, cool. Hence Bioware. I figured there could be some connection. That's why I'm, I'm a real Bioware freak. Yeah, I like yeah. Bioware a lot. 
But yeah, Mass Effect was huge for me. Um, wow. And it's funny because I remember first playing Mass Effect 1 and being like, holy cow. And then playing Mass... I, I, I played it actually after it all three had come out and oh, I had cool. bought the trilogy. And... Um, I remember playing Mass Effect 1 and being like, oh my God, this game is so good. And I re I bought the remastered version on PS5 like yeah. a couple years ago. Mass Effect 1 is the most boring game in the world. It is so <laughs> boring. Well, I it think is wild. I'll, I'll, I want to engage in this a little bit because like I, like you, didn't play any of them until they were all out. And my first experience of it was on with the remaster. And I don't know what it was, but, like, I also loved the first one and still haven't played two or three, but I had friends being like, oh, you loved one? Wait two rips. till you play two. Yeah, so two rips. Maybe maybe after playing two, it, like, uh, sort of lessens the impact of one. But that's funny that that was just, like, your experience coming yeah. back to it. Yeah. Uh, one, I really liked it. I think the difference being that, like, two... There's way more characters, and I'm really interested in romancing characters. I think, like, yeah. that's, like, a huge—and just, like, approval of characters. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can draw kind of a straight line between— We're getting into a lot words. of psychosis today, yeah. 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 <laughs> but I remember, like, being really floored by just, like, the character development and story being very different in two. And then in three, the combat's much, much smoother. Mm. Um, and the combat's a lot smoother in two— too. Yeah. So like once you jump over and also there's no Mako, so you don't have to drive around Oh, cool. The Mako. Yeah. Which the last time I played, I literally rage quit because the Mako flipped and I got stuck and then I couldn't do anything and I hadn't saved in a long time, so I lost oh, like four hours. No. And I was like, I can't do this. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. That'll make you quit. Yeah. Oh, that's miserable. Uh so big, big Mass Effect fan. Yeah, I love um, Mass Effect. Uh, that's, that's really cool. Um, what are, are there any other games, um, that like from your just general history that you, that were impactful to you that you want to shout out in this segment? Hmm. Um, I mean, I know we're going to be talking about Dragon Age Origins, but Dragon Age Inquisition was huge for me too. Cause I was waiting for a long time for that game. Yeah. Um, and I guess I'm going to be waiting for a long time for Dreadwolf, but, yeah. um, and then, I don't know, anything... I mean, I think Baldur's Gate has changed gaming forever. Yeah. Are you are you playing that right now? Or have yeah. you been playing that? I've yeah. been playing it, yeah. And I have, like, three different campaigns going at once. Oh, my goodness. Um, my first playthrough ever, I did Dark Urge. And um, I don't know if I would recommend it. Because uh -huh. I, like, accidentally... I've just been accidentally killing people like because of bad roles and yeah. every, my entire party hates me and oh my god just like a serial killer it's pretty <laughs> I'm just That's like oh my god <laughs> yeah so then I did a new one just as like a uh, like a rogue um, cool and then I'm doing a Shadowheart evil playthrough for my th third playthrough wow That's but. really cool I love that game Are you playing it right now No I haven't touched it uh but I it's know It's crazy it's one of those games that I all I ever hear about it from anyone who's played. I've never heard someone play it and be like, "Yeah, well, I didn't really like it or it wasn't for me." I know that I'll really enjoy it and that it's amazing. I just have I haven't had like the space emotionally for it. I've been like, yeah. I can't get sucked into something this massive right now. It is quite massive. Mm -hmm. Um 
I also understand too, like, I don't know if if this is how you are, but like sometimes when people suggest something too much to me, sure. there's like this weird, like indignant thing inside of me that I'm not quite cognizant of that'll be like, no. Yes. Like, I don't feel like playing that right now. Yeah. I've I'll, heard it too I'll much. do it when I want to. Yeah. And then eventually I do it. I'm like, okay, fine, guys. It was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. But it is very, it's very good. Yeah. Um, it's very impressive what this. I like Larian a lot. Mm-hmm. And I know it's like a weird parasocial relationship for me to be like, I'm so proud of them, but I am. Yeah. For them, like, it's so not, what's the word? Profit focused. Mm-hmm. No microtransactions, nothing. Just like, it's just very clear that they wanted to make the best game they could. Yeah. Um, so it's when I look at what they've been able to accomplish with that game and, you know, how it's been received and, and, and obvious, like how, what high quality that everything about it seems to have. Uh, it's really, I feel like a lot of games uh, development, um, mostly coming from the top down, like especially bigger companies, is really pessimistic. And mm-hmm. this just feels like something, and it could be a Larian thing. Uh, it just feels like they were like, let's just make the best game we can yeah. make and let's focus on that and other stuff's going to fall into place. And I feel like the the proof is in the pudding. I mean, mm-hmm. who knows? We could find out years down the road that's not the case and people weren't happy. But like, it's it's just yeah. what an accomplishment. It's really cool. And it does, it, I think you touched on a, on a on something I haven't really thought about, which is that it does feel optimistic and hopeful, which mm. like gaming doesn't, especially the yeah. business of gaming and especially that's the other thing is that like Larian is technically an indie studio. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. And it's like the fact that I mean, they did work on this game for mm-hmm. I I had this game since uh, uh, al- or beta or alpha or whatever. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. And so that was like very beginning of pandemic. So it's like the fact that they've been working on just that stuff yeah, for that long. Um, and I, I love Divinity Original Sin 2, which is also them. Um, and it has a lot of the same like humor mm. and just character development and really, really good voice acting. Um, yeah, that, I, that game is really tremendous and I think kind of gave me more hope looking at games. Yeah. Uh, you know, we sit here in a week where there was more announcements of like more gaming layoffs and there's been so mm-hmm. much of that. Mm-hmm. It's it's so depressing uh, uh, so that, yeah, it's nice to have a bright spot like that in so many different ways, both in like the product, but also seemingly just like that te- that studio and that yeah, team. Yeah, that team seems as happy as one can be doing yes. doing games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, I've got just a couple more questions with for you about your history or just gaming in general really um the my first question for you is are there any games that you are that you have like your eye on and are looking forward to whether it's a game that's already out that you just haven't gotten to or one that you know is coming that you're anticipating uh i'm i'm look i'm ho- i'm still hopeful for dreadwolf i'm hoping it'll be good did they we'll see did they did Bioware like there was an announcement about it, yeah. They, or something yeah, I think so, ago? yeah. And then, yeah. but like a week ago or something, or like not a week ago, god, time like two months ago, there was a, 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 a Dreadwolf announcement. Um, oh wow, sorry, my clickety clackety keyboard. No, it's, all, it's all good, 
It's the it's the the curse of a mechanical keyboard. Yeah, I know. But I like the clickities. Okay. Uh let's see. Yeah, uh development. I guess just that they oh, it's just a lot of like things going on hold and blah 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 blah. And a bunch of staff turnover. That's yeah. Great. Well But hey, maybe in the future. <laughs> cross our fingers. Yeah. Gosh. Um well, last question for you. Um, uh, before we go to break, is there any other game from your history at all, whether recent or in the past, that you would be uh, bummed out that you didn't mention on this sec- on this part? Hmm. Um. You know what? There's some indie titles hmm. that I think are really special, really, really special, and like really changed what I thought game storytelling could hmm. do. Yeah. Um, I think The Return of the Oberdin, which Ooh, is cool. um, an indie title available on Steam and also on Switch, I believe, mm-hmm. um, is so cool. Is so, so cool. Um, did you ever play that game? That's a game that I I have on Switch and mm-hmm. I played like the first hour and a half. Like one, it was like one of the, I don't know if you ever have these nights where you're like, yeah. uh I'm awake and I want to do something before I go to bed, but I'm really mm-hmm. indecisive. I don't want to watch anything. And so I played it for an hour and a half and was like, whoa, this is yeah, something really different. else. And then just didn't go back to it. Yeah. It's an easy game to put down and not pick up. Yeah. Because there's not there's not a lot of action. It's mm-hmm. very like it's like a book. Yes. Um, That one. I mean, Disco Elysium is mm-hmm. like one of my favorite games ever, ever, ever. I'm replaying it right now because um, I have all my Baldur's Gate <laughs> stuff stored on a little SSD and uh-huh. sometimes I forget it places. And oh, so yes. I'm like, well, I guess I, and I was like, do I just download Disco Elysium again and play <laughs> it again? So now I have it on Switch as oh, well. Wow. I think I have it on like everything else. Yeah. Um, Obviously Witcher 3. I think that was like huge for me. Oh, cool. One of my favorite games ever. Um, Oh, and Outer Wilds, I think oh, is a really gosh. special game. You keep naming games that I have on like my rainy day list like Disco Elysium I literally purchased in a humble bundle yesterday uh yeah I saw they emailed me and they were like humble bundle." yeah pretty great little bundle like uh, there was like five games in that that I wanted to play there's I mean of course The Witcher 3 I've heard uh, amazing things about that for years but Outer Wilds I've been this is another quick Patreon plug uh I find so many moments to do that Um, For my show, I do a monthly version on our Patreon where I have a group of people on to talk about a game together, sort of like an overview episode. It's called, uh, I call it the co-op series and Mm -hmm. Outer Wilds and Disco Elysium are like in my little nominee list for my one for December. So I just keep like circling these things, uh, these games that I might eventually play, but you've just named so many good ones. I've heard that's like an amazing Outer Wild specifically is like an amazing experience. It's really amazing. Make sure you do the tutorial on how to fly because okay. when I decided to replay it, I was like, nah, I remember. No, I didn't. And I just kept <laughs> crashing instantly. And I literally at one point said out loud, I'm not having fun anymore and turned it off. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I need to like do the tutorial because it is so special. It is such yes. a special game. Yes. Uh, well, um, I will definitely take your advice then on yeah. playing that tutorial. Yeah, I do the tutorial. For flying. Um, that's so cool. Uh, Kelly, thank you so much for, you know, going through like a brief overview of your history with games. That was really, uh, I, f- I can forget sometimes how much I can 
outside of just like someone's history about games, I can learn about a person, especially someone that oh, like, yeah. yeah, I don't know that well. Um, and it, we're just going to keep getting to know each other on this podcast, mm-hmm. but thank you. That was so much fun. Um, oh, thanks for asking such a uh, lovely questions. You bet. Um, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll finally talk about all things Dragon Age Origins. So I'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. Of course, it's me, your host, Connor McCabe. Still here with Kelly Nugent. Kelly, welcome back. Thank you, thank you. Of course. Uh, Well, we're finally going to do it. We've held it on long enough. Why don't we dive into some Dragon Age Origins, which you've brought on for the main event today. And um, like I told you before the show, I'm going to just do some table setting for the listener. Um, So if there's anything that I share about this game that uh, you want to uh, adjust or you're like, hey, Connor, this is important. Again, green light for you. Okay. Awesome. Uh, But without further ado, I'll go ahead and dive in now. Dragon Age Origins. It's a 2009 RPG developed by BioWare and published by EA. It's the first game in the Dragon Age franchise, uh, which I do want to... I'm already deviating from the script. I do want to point out, I feel like most of the time when there's like an Origins in the title of something, it's like the fourth movie in a franchise that's going back and telling like a prequel story. Yeah. Yeah. And it's shocking that they were like, this is going to be the first game of a series. Yes. I... Did, yeah. did not expect that when Isn't like that weird you, yeah when you had been like oh this is what i want to do and i i was like great i'm sure that's yeah exactly a later entry but mm-hmm. it's the first one so interesting already um set in the fictional kingdom of uh Ferelden, uh who knows if i pronounced that right uh during a period of uh, civil strife the game puts the player in the role of a warrior mage or rogue coming from an elven human or dwarven background the player character is recruited into the Grey Wardens, an ancient order that stands against monstrous forces known as Darkspawn, and is tasked with defeating the archdemon that commands them uh, and ending their invasion. The game is played from a third-person perspective and can be shifted uh, to a top-down perspective, uh, and throughout the game, players encounter various companions who play major roles in the game's plot and gameplay. Bioware described Dragon Age Origins as a dark heroic fantasy set in a unique world and a spiritual successor to their previous Baldur's Gate and Neverwinter Nights franchises, uh, which we've already started talking about Baldur's Gate. It's no surprise that that's another game you really like. Um, Its setting was inspired by The Lord of the Rings and A Song of Ice and Fire. Uh, Curious to note, too, that this game came out, what, two years before Game of Thrones premiered or so? I think it was like 2011 was the, at least what? the show. No. Not not the, what? um. I think so. I want to say Game of Thrones is like 2011. Really? It did not. Oh my God. <laughs> it's This is a, one of those want to feel old memes. <laughs> it really is because I was like, well, 2011, I was merely 10 years old, but that's not true. Yeah. No, I, that's not, not true at all. I was an adult. Gosh. Uh, f- absolutely frightening. Uh as we, you know, to peek behind the curtain for the listener, we're recording this in the early days of November. And every time November rolls around, I, f- I age, not just because my birthday is in this month, but I 
it's just Happy a birthday. reminder. Thank you so much. Uh, I was fishing for that. Um, but just <laughs> yeah, because. You didn't say happy birthday. Yet. Yeah. Huh. You have Weird. to fit it in. Guess this episode's not getting published. Um, <laughs> so anyway, back to the, uh, I, I got us on a tangent, but it was inspired by those properties. Uh, and the game was uh, described by Bioware as a mix between high fantasy and low fantasy. Uh, I actually don't know what they mean by that. Do I don't know what touch? low fantasy is. Cool. Me neither. Um, let me go ahead and just uh, hover my mouse over this article, let's see, low fantasy or- Oh, in, interesting. It's a subgenre in which magical events intrude on otherwise, otherwise normal world. Oh, so like urban fantasy kind of? I think, yeah. Is that, would that be what like, I guess the opening chapters of Harry Potter is like almost? Because, yeah. okay, high fantasy stories, which obviously take place in fictional worlds, have their own set of rules and physical laws. Interesting. Yeah. So maybe like Percy Jackson sort of yeah. stuff? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, honestly, you're right. Like the beginning parts of Harry Potter. Yeah, if he never went to Hogwarts, if he just like stayed in London or where he lives. just like talked to snakes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, interesting. Uh, we won't give uh, JK any ideas. Uh, no, no. Um, development of the game began in 2002, holy moly, and Bioware employed over uh, more than 144 voice actors and hired uh, Inan Zur to compose the game's music. The development of the game's console versions was outsourced to Edge of Reality, and Origins was released for Windows, PS3, and Xbox 360 in November 2009, and for Mac OS X in December of that same year. Uh, Origins received critical acclaim upon release, with praise mostly directed at its story, setting, characters, music, and combat system. I don't know. Only like so. The that's like of the, the entire thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's, it's sometimes when I'm reading from like the Wikipedia stuff that I just copy paste. I'm like, why is it written like this? Um, anyway, uh, it sold more than 3.2 million copies uh, and 1 million pieces of DLC. It won multiple year-end accolades, including Game of the Year and Best Role-Playing Awards from several publications, and has widely been considered to be one of the greatest video games ever made. Uh, Bioware also released several instances of DLC after the game's initial launch, which we kind of touched on. Uh, an expansion pack for the game titled Awakening, which came out in March 2010, and two sequels, uh, two complete sequel games uh dragon age 2 and a game that kelly touched on as well dragon age inquisition those were released in 2011 and 2014 uh that's a lot of word vomit from me when it comes to the context of this game or any info we just shared is there anything that you feel is important to add on hmm um i just feel like this game more so than other games that i had played so I this is just based on my own personal experience. Yeah. Maybe this isn't true, but I felt like it was one of the first games to like have such well-developed characters that you interact with very frequently. Hmm. Um who can approve or not approve of things that you're doing in the main game that will definitely change how the game goes. Interesting. Um, yeah, like it, I guess choices matter, right? Yeah. Like, but like, <laughs> I did think that this game, the choices actually did matter. It's not just like a, one part of a cutscene. It's like literally, you get a different ending, and then like, you know, based on how you play that game, it does affect little cameos in like two and in Inquisition as well. Interesting, yeah. Because like your your character is called the Gray Warden, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that character shows up. Or no, the Grey Warden doesn't show up. That's what it is. So depending on how you play the game, if you become queen or king, or if um, you get Alistair to become king or whatever, like that person will come and show up in Hmm. game three. And then in game two, your main character shows up in game three. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like it really was like a choices matter game. And I Mm -hmm. think that this game, along with the internet being what it was, really, hmm. It was the first game I really started safe scumming in. Yeah. And um, <laughs> like because it wasn't like, oh, you have to buy a like game guide. But there were like walkthroughs and like there were literally like Alistair approval walkthrough or whatever because I was romancing Alistair. So I was like, well, I need to have him like me. Um, and I wanted to be queen. And it was this whole thing. I literally restarted the game. But anyway, it was. It was such a choices matter game that was very different from what had existed prior to to it totally that sounds very significant uh and uh influential as well um yeah it, which is probably no surprise that i mean we keep talking about Baldur's gate 3 but we like, wouldn't see Baldur's gate as yeah. it is yeah without yeah. dragon age origins i think that's amazing well let's get into your history with this game then i don't think you've mentioned it so i'd love to hear how you discovered this game in the first place so I think I bought it in like a sale bin at GameStop. Oh, wow. Yeah. And because um, I was asking, that's what it was. So I was really wanting to get back into gaming. Mm-hmm. And I had an Xbox 360. Yeah. I think that's what it was at the time. Yeah, I had an Xbox 360. And um, I went into, I, I and I had remembered I was like, okay, I want to get back into gaming because, like, I was, I think, in law school or I had just graduated from law school. No, I was, I think I was in law school. Um, and I was just really looking for any joy. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want to read. I love reading, but, like, you do a lot of reading in law school. So I was like, I can't read. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, maybe I'll start playing video games again. And I had this Xbox 360. Um. So I was like, okay. I remember liking those like top-down games because that's like manageable for me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to jump into first-person shooter. So I went to GameStop and I like asked the person there. I was like, I really like X-Men Legends. <laughs> and like I think at the time uh that Avengers one had also come out or Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Ultimate Alliance, yeah. Yeah, the original had already been out. So I was like, I like games like that where you can like have companions and like basically an RPG, but like where you could have, you could have all people in your party and you could control them and whatever. And they were Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, you've got to try this game. And I remember grabbing the um, case for it and I was like, this looks so boring. Yeah. Like it just looks like a nothing cover, but I was like, fine. They were like, no, this is, trust me, this is a really good game. Um, so I got it and I was like, so sucked in almost immediately. And I think a huge part of it was that the voice acting is very, very, very good. Yeah. Um, and although I think that the guy that voices Alistair is like 
maybe not a good like, person like, or something. Like cancel adjacent. Yeah. yeah, I think so. <laughs> but when you have Claudia Black voicing um, the uh, Morgan, who's like mm -hmm. your other main companion, um, I just remember thinking like these characters are so well fleshed out that yeah. I actually do care about what they think. And I'm interested in this world that's populated by many characters who are um, so interesting. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know games could do that. I didn't know games could make me feel like I'm part, like basically like I'm reading a book that I'm participating in. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Were you a big reader as a kid? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. into like all sorts of genres or like fantasy or just worlds basically? Any genre. Mm -hmm. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense that this would uh, totally grab you then. I'm, that's so – I feel like sometimes people will come on the show and it might take a game a few tries. I've played plenty of games that I've like bounced off of the first time. I mean we were talking about um, the Return of the Oberdin. It's yeah. Not, it's Return, not Secret, right? Return of the Oberdin. Return, okay. I always mix that up. Uh, sorry to take you on this tangent, but – even that game, like I played once and then have to come back to, but this got you immediately. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, do you remember, uh, like, were there, because this wasn't exactly the style of game you were used to, I know um, obviously the party member, like party having party members was familiar and that maybe the perspective, um, did you have to get used to the gameplay at all? Or Yes. Yeah? Dragon what Age Origins is quite hard. Yeah. It's quite hard. And like even now as like a very seasoned gamer, I can I I used to stream on Twitch um, over the like pandemic and a little bit before it, too. Um, and I remember like I was literally stuck on a boss for like four hours. Oh, it is man. quite difficult. It's yeah. quite difficult. Um, but also, I mean, you can change the difficulty if you're not stubborn. I just didn't want to do that. Yes. But it's pretty hard. Yeah, that's that, yeah. I was just kind of curious about that, especially being at the time new to the genre, but it sounds like regardless, it's a challenge. Uh, yeah, well, because you're doing – it's not turn-based strategy. Yeah. So you're managing your party while a million things are happening yeah. and, like, you're – you know, you blink and one of your characters is dead and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's yeah. tough. Like just trying to manage a group amidst like chaos when yeah. you're – it probably maybe would have been helpful to be turn-based for you at the time oh, yeah. just to be like manage one thing at a time. Yeah. Um, but it's a whole different style of thing. Um, so yeah, so you, I, I love to hear that you were grabbed by like the world and the characters and the voice acting. Do you remember like any moments specifically that stuck out to you whether it was early or later yeah, I mean, I didn't know. So I'm like uh, obsessed with romancing characters in games. I'm yes. like, all right, who can I get with? <laughs> yeah. And like, I remember like, because I'd never played a game where you could do that before. Mm -hmm. And so I remember like romancing, I was romancing Alistair, I believe. Um, and I, in order to like, so I'd done a lot of research because I was like, I want to like become queen and I want to rule. Mm -hmm. So I had to restart because if you play as an elf, you can't rule. So I had to restart as a human noble because that's the only way. Uh. But in order to rule, you have to get Alistair to fall in love with you because he's the heir to the kingdom. Mm. But he doesn't want to. He's, he's like a bastard son. 
Okay. But he doesn't want to take it. So you have to like hurt him. Like you have to like harden him, but basically like be kind of mean to him, but huh. still have him like you. Yeah. So that way he'll be like, okay, fine. I'm going to rule Ferelden and also like you'll be my queen. But I remember thinking like, it's so interesting that like, I don't want to hurt this character, even though I don't, he's not real. Yes. Um, And that sounds so like elementary, like reading comprehension, but I mean, it, it was new at the time. Totally. Yeah. I, I feel like that's something that at least personally, I still experience uh, in games. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I don't want, that's why, I mean, I hear people talk about it all the time. They're like, well, I know I could do anything, but it's so hard not to make the good choice or like yeah, be it's so hard to play as mean. Yeah, big time. That's so funny that you were like recognizing that too. Um, do, like even just it sort of opens up my mind to like uh, role playing games in general mm-hmm. and like how you choose to act. Like, do you remember how you went about playing this game? Were you like, I'm going to play a character or I'm Kelly in this world. I always play as me. Any yeah. role playing game and which is why it's very hard um mm-hmm. like ever to do an evil playthrough cuz I'm just so good. No, it's cuz <laughs> cuz like I just feel bad like I I I I do feel bad for these characters like I I don't want to like hurt them. Mm-hmm. Um you're just uh doing a great job of preparing for the robot apocalypse where every oh, yeah. machine we've interacted with remembers. Yeah. Um, like remember yeah. when I played I Baldur's nice. Gate? Yeah. <laughs> Although my evil playthrough, that's why it's so hard because like you have to, you have to be pretty evil. Yeah. Like really evil. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like there's so many outcomes that can come in Dragon Age Origins too. And I think that was a thing that like, I really loved because I was like, oh, my God, like you literally can make this go so many ways. Like, Mm -hmm. obviously, it's not infinite because this was like early games like this. Yeah. Um, But like you you can like have hook up Alistair with Morrigan, two of your people and then, like, they get together and then, like, birth the freaking Antichrist. Wow. So, like, there's, like, so many different ways that this game can go. I mean, I did not go that way because I was like, no, Alistair's mine. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I need to be queen. Yes. Um, but, yeah. And I also thought it was cool. I mean, I guess this was true of other games. But, like, it is cool seeing in in the gameplay and in interactions with other characters, like how different characters treat you depending on what class and race you are. And, and Mm. you, and the entire first like prologue is different for each origin you have. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. You can play. I, I, I always like to play as an elf. I don't know why I just like them. Um, and you can play as like a city elf or a Dalish elf. And there's like two different things that can happen there. Or if you start as a human noble, like you start in a castle and you're like living that life. I just remember thinking it was so cool and so impressive. And it felt like if a choose your own adventure book was good. Yeah, definitely. It's I mean, this is not just something about this game, uh, but something about games in general in this sort of vein that is still mind blowing and impressive to me is just the amount of not just work that's put into it, but like the 
versions of scenarios you could be getting into, which I feel like, again, we keep circling Baldur's Gate 3, but like... I know. You even just discussing, you know, where you start depending on what race you choose is different. What, like, what class you are, mm-hmm. that de- that determines how you're going to be interacted with mm-hmm. by the by NPCs. Uh, it's just, I, it's really amazing to see what kind of thought and effort is put into some, like something this grand. It's really cool. Yes, and like, I was thinking about this in the shower the other day <laughs> about. Um, specifically, again, Baldur's Gate, but <laughs> I do think that it like it, it could not exist how it does without Dragon Age Origins, yeah. um, where like s- for a while they were saying there's like a two hour area that n- still no one has found, and I think someone just found it. Oh wow! Um, but I was thinking about how like how much care and effort and love is put into s- mm-hmm. every part, even stuff that like most people won't do. Like for example, apparently the evil storyline rips. Apparently oh, it's wow. so cool and it's <laughs> so fun and you get this companion who's like really awesome. And I was like, but they know that most people won't play evil. Yeah, it's like 17% of players yeah. play that. <laughs> but you're rewarding those people. Like you reward yeah. everybody. It's There's not just like one that like one story and then it's like, I don't know. And then uh, I don't know, your eyes are red. If you do yeah. this, you know, it's interesting but that they do that for origins as well. Totally. Um, I'm just, you know, not that not every game has to be like this or or give you and en- sort of endless options. I I like all sorts of games. I could take a game that is like, no, this is the story we're telling you. This is the perspective mm-hmm. you're going to hear it from. But then but stuff like this, it is really impressive and i think you i really appreciate how you put it you use the word like uh care and i feel yeah. like that is very apparent um well i i want to keep asking you about the game as well yeah. but i do want to get into like um more of the context uh, uh obviously you were either like in finishing or like at, right out of law school um would you do me a favor and scene paint where your gaming setup would have been what that like room was like yeah. Uh, I was living in a little one-bedroom apartment in Silver Lake. Oh, my um, gosh. Very cool. Yeah. And I had – it was cool. It, like, overlooked the lake. Although I had, like, a creepy neighbor who had Munchausen's by proxy and, like, pretended to be hurt so that I would take care of her. It was very – Oh, my goodness. It was crazy. It was, like oh. – Yeah. She, like, made me cut her clothes off her body. Holy <laughs> – <laughs> was this like a big building? Was it like four no, units? No, it was it was like four units. Oh my um gosh. she like pretended she broke her arm. Um she had like a sling but no cast. Huh. I should have like little known. details you you may not catch all at once, but yeah. you put them together and you're like, oh when no. When you say it out loud, you're like this person. Well, and then eventually after our relationship deteriorated greatly because I like had to yell at her to get out of my house because she like came in my house at one point. Um my neighbor on the other side was like were you nice to her one time? And I was like, yeah. And, and she was like, never do that. Oh, no. She will use you. Gosh, it's like, I don't want to be role-playing this part of my life. Like, I let's know. just leave it to the game. That's I know. nuts. I used to live. Yeah. Not, I, the thing I always do on this podcast is make it about myself. I, no, no, no. I want to know. Yeah. I still live in Silver Lake, but I. Oh, nice. Uh, but like a little farther away from the reservoir. But I used to live on Silver Lake Boulevard in a four-unit building. Obviously different because. I never saw this person, mm-hmm. um, but like, so it's really putting me in a place. Just yeah, like down I was on Glendale across from uh, Red Lion. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's, so that's amazing. Just to give you some 
context. That is some great con- specific context. Uh, yeah. Right by Cha Cha Lounge. Yeah. And, yeah. And like right up the way from Cha Cha. Amazing. Like up the uh, hill. That's so cool. Um, so first of all, that's amazing. Amazing okay, and so scary anyway. story. But I'm glad you survived. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Scene paint this, uh, this okay. like, area for me. So it was like um, the room was like skinny and long. And then so the uh, the couch was like along one wall uh, facing like you would walk in and then to your right, the couch faced the TV, which was on the left. Yes. Um. And then past it was like a very small like breakfast nook area. And then to the left was the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the bedroom was like to the left. Uh, And I lived there with a guy that I was dating at the time. Um, And he was not really interested in video games. He was like very uh, literary. Um, And I don't know. I don't know if I would say that he looked down on video games, but he mm-hmm. definitely was like, oh, you do your little thing. Yeah. Whereas I think like stories are stories and yeah. I love reading and I read. I mean, I, I read a lot on my podcast, Teen Creeps. We cover a book a week, so I read over 52 books a year. Oh, my gosh. I didn't realize <laughs> that you two did that much. Yeah. Wow. And we do an extra book a month. So it's really. <laughs> How do you like have time for 50. that? That's incredible. It is. I'm constantly burned out and feel like I'm going to die. Yeah. Uh, oh, so, gosh. <laughs> but, yeah, so anyway, I, I always felt like a weird kind of like, not shame, but just mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, I'm doing my little thing, yeah. you know. Maybe not um, like necessarily acceptance, but like a tolerance of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was kind of like, oh, you're doing your thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think... Video games started to mean so much to me mm-hmm. as a form of storytelling, I guess, and and interactive storytelling in particular. Um, and also, this was like before I uh, realized I obviously wanted to do something creative and 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 be in this world that we're in now. Yeah. Um, and you know what's funny. This is like a therapy session. Yep. <laughs> I I remember telling him, I think I want to quit because I think I want to try and do comedy. And he was like, he, he like winced. He was like, and I was like, what? And he's like, I just thought you were more practical than that. Oh. And I was like, oh. And then I cried a lot. And I'm I stayed so with him sorry. for two more years. But, <laughs> but also like, there's like a lot of things like looking back on it yes. now where I'm just like, oh, it was like very clear that like, we were not supposed to be together. Um, so hard to recognize that in the moment, even oh. if it's staring you in the face. Yeah. Like I feel like obviously we often have to go through those things and learn. Oh, yeah. And even then I don't always learn from my past. So like. Yeah. But anyway, I'm sorry that happened. But Oh, it's okay. I mean, yeah, it, it's gosh. fine. Like it's just, I mean, what, like just two people that shouldn't have been together were together. That's like yeah. on the scheme of th- on the scale of things that could go wrong is like not. I wish him well. He's not like some exes who I'm like, you know what? Die in a fire. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But at the time I was getting so much joy Mm -hmm. um, out of that game. Like it was just like, I would think about it all day. Wow. Either at work or at my internship. Because I can't remember if I was, that time was kind of blurry for me. Mm -hmm. I think I was practicing. I think I might've been practicing at that time. Wow. Um, 
but yeah, like I would think about it all day and then like be so excited on my two hour commute home from the Palisades. Um, oh my gosh. To- <laughs> That's L.A., baby. That's L.A., man. It's like leave a job you hate and sit in traffic for two hours and just but, fantasize over uh, Dragon Age Origins. The yeah, whole just way. think about think about your your friends on the game. Yeah, your computer friends. Um, but yeah, it, it was just it was one of the first moments that I like found a hobby that was mine that like really mm. gave me a lot of joy because I think prior to that, I had adopted the hobbies of people that I was with or around. Yeah. Um, Cause it took me a long time to kind of figure out who I was. Um, I mean, I think I always, you know, you're always you, but I think it took me a long time to realize that that was like worth being happy about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, very relatable. Uh, and I'm glad you did way to go. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's amazing. Uh, yeah. I guess, man, you like, you, sometimes I have to like, not necessarily dig, but I have to be like, okay, then what else was going on? What's this, this, and that? And uh, you've like given me so much um, uh, really informative context for when you were really experiencing this game. So uh, I think what I want to ask, uh, just the last couple things, um, it might just end up being one. Um, is there anything else about like the game itself that you uh, that really sticks out to you, whether it was something you enjoyed or not, that uh, you also want to highlight about Origins. Hmm. Um. Honestly, I think that the not only the the small stuff, right, like the character development and whatever, and even the plot, but like I think that the lore of the world that they created was really interesting Mm. and um one of the more trying to think of another word for interesting but one of the more compelling like lores that i've seen in because oftentimes it's just like well you know at that time bioware was doing that really well though because Mm -hmm. also the like lore of mass effect is really really interesting um and also really like I like a lot of moral gray stuff when it comes to like backstory. Yeah. I am not a well, this is good and this is evil and that's that's that. Yeah. Um, I do like when it's like, oh, but this person's only evil because they you know, they, they believe something very ardently or they they, they think a, they're right. Totally. Yeah. You know? Um, although actually I was, uh, I forgot who it was, but it's one of the main writers of Dragon Age was talking about um, what he dubs the lyrium problem and what all of them dubbed the lyrium problem. And it's when you have a thing like lyrium, lyrium is a substance in that world hmm. that can basically do anything. It can do anything. So then that means there's no stakes. Yeah. Because you can all like, oh, this person has too much lyrium. Well, to stop them, we're going to have to use lyrium. And it's just like, <laughs> it kind of becomes a like, well, then where's the like, where does it end? Yeah, but I totally. think that maybe is something was that to me was only is not evident in play, but I'm sure was evident when they were trying to come up with stories. Sure. Yeah. Um, is it, it seems like like a device, like a plot, yeah, device, a plot device to solve whatever you need yeah. sort of thing. Interesting. Yeah. How yeah. are we going to, 
you know, like, you know, when you're you're a writer, like when you're like trying to come up with I, I oftentimes in my notes will be like, solve this issue. <laughs> and then it's like, well, lyrium. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's like, but the problem, the issue is lyrium. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's really funny. Um, uh, did you get to finish that thought too about just talking about um, the uh, just like the writing and whatnot? I think that's what you were talking about. Yeah, before just we that, got... that it's 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 I like a moral grayness yes, where everyone about. thinks they're doing right. Yes, gotcha. I prefer that. I think that's very compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also like delusion, right? Like you're we're too far into it. Uh, like I'm too far into my belief. Um. That if I were to admit that I was wrong, then my entire structure of like my framework for how I view the world is yeah. that's all gone. Then what is there? So I like that, too, as Ooh. a device. That's that's even feels like something that's just like so real for the world, too, which is a scary, yeah. scary thing. But uh, but really compelling, as I think you said, mm-hmm. um, that's really cool. Well, um, you know, before we. Uh, transition to our post-show segments. Um, it's been so much fun to hear from you about, you know, this game and the context that colored this time uh, with Dragon Age Origins. Uh, would you do me a favor and just, like, put a bow on whatever place this game held for you? Hmm. I think this game, it, like, gave me permission to like the things that I liked. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. That's powerful too. It's like a, it can maybe feel small, but uh, I feel like that's really in line with what you were sharing with uh, earlier. Uh, yeah. Well, thank thanks. You. And thank you for sharing about this game. This was so much fun. Uh, like I feel I was like I was earlier. just like monologuing for so long. I feel bad. Oh, don't feel bad. This is – you. Like, I feel like this happens uh, on, like, every three episodes. Someone's like, did I share too much? Did I talk too much? And I'm like, you gave me everything I wanted. Like, <laughs> I it it's so helpful to have someone come on and share about themselves and the game that they connected with and the time. So thank you. You nailed it. Aw, thank you. You bet. Um, Before we go, though, I do have two post-show segments for you prepared based Please. on you bringing on Dragon Age Origins. Uh, I have uh, the first of which is the Fact Me by Your Game segment, and that's just where I'm going to share fun facts with you about this game. Um, So I've got two for you today. Uh, These both come from, uh, do you know the YouTube channel Did You Know Gaming? No. Great channel. Oh my gosh, I'm sure for like so many of the games you like, they've got like whole videos on single games or franchises. Like I need to... I should just email you the link to this video, but these are both pulled from okay. their, uh, they have an overview episode on Dragon Age. So the first uh, uh, fact I have uh, uh, is about the language creation that they did in this game. Um, so the languages of Dragon Age Origin uh, were specifically crafted by linguistic experts and was expanded as the series continued, um, I don't know if you've ever thought about like the sort of like uh, elven language in the the other ones that they used. I've not thought about it. Yeah. I that's really cool. 
Um, so, that they actually used linguists. Yeah, they so they the linguist there was a, the linguist uh, hired by Bioware uh, referred to himself as Beast Burger, uh, which I guess is just cheeseburger mixed up. <laughs> uh, and according to the uh, to Dragon Age writer Patrick uh, Weeks, another writer on the franchise named Mary Kirby helped him create the Elvish and uh, I think it's Kumlot uh, phrases. Um, phrases. Oh, Kunari. Maybe that's what it is. Yes. Yeah. Um, that uh, that they would just be used throughout the game. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, and to take it a little further too, I guess that like some fans took it upon themselves to create like a semi-complete dictionary to try to figure <laughs> out like what some of the characters are sharing. Are saying, yeah, yes. cool. Um, and it wasn't. It's assumed that like the language wasn't fully translated for the public to re- uh, it, and that was done intentionally to like retain a semblance of mystery yeah. and, and interpretation. Um, but that kind of gets into, I mean, you were talking about the lore of, uh, or pushing the lore of certain franchises and like, that's just kind of a cool little thing. Kind of reminds me of like Tolkien was like such a linguist and yeah. just was a little, little reminiscent of him. Um, yeah. The, um, the second fun fact I have for you, I have titled uh, Alistair character changes. Uh, you Talked about Alistair a yes, bunch on this episode. Yes, my boy. Yes. Uh, uh, this character went through several changes during development. Uh, I guess that originally uh, he was intended to be a grizzled old man, um, <laughs> but that the idea was scrapped when his character was chosen to join the party early and he would be listening and uh, listening to and taking, uh, I don't know if it was orders or advice, but uh, listening to. A younger and newer recruit, probably your character. Yeah, my character, yeah. There we or go. The, the player character, yeah. Um, and so that wouldn't, I don't think, I think their thought was that wouldn't make sense if like a grizzled older veteran mm-hmm, would do mm-hmm. that. That's uh, interesting because then they have a grizzled older veteran at the beginning who dies like instantly. Oh, wow. Yeah, but he like brings you in and then he's like, okay, here are like some other guys you can hang out with and Alistair's one of them and then he yes. dies. So uh, I wonder if maybe it's like they split it off. That makes sense, yeah. Like took yeah. elements. Uh, yeah. That's really cool. Very Obi-Wan of that yes. character. Um, uh, and then uh, additionally, the character also took heavy influences once they made this change from uh, Buffy's Xander and Firefly's Malcolm Reynolds. Uh, wow, you know what though? Are you yeah, of those shows at all? Yeah, I had a Buffy podcast where I covered every single episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer <laughs> and Angel. No way! Oh my so I'm gosh. very familiar with yes, uh, with that. That's really. I mean, he does quip. He does quip sometimes. Yeah. He does, and I think I liked that. And the thing is, as a teenager, I really liked Xander. Looking back on it, I detest Xander. Mm. But at the time, I was like, but he likes Buffy, so she should like him back. Yeah. Um, Maturity (laughs) changed that perspective. (laughs) But I do see that. I do see that. Like, he is, yeah. Interesting. He has that for sure. Like, there's a point where he, and I still remember this line, where he, like, basically he's a virgin because he um, was... I don't think he was a cleric, but he was something. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was a cleric. He was something where they weren't allowed to like have sex. Mm-hmm. And the way he asks you, because he like kind of plays it coy if you try to ask him and like like if he's <laughs> what he's what he's done. And he's like, and so the thing you can say is like, have you ever licked a lamp pole in winter? And he <laughs> says, he's like, no, I haven't. And then the way he says it back, he's like, have you ever licked a lamp pole in winter? And like, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening to me? 
That's yeah. so funny. Um, but I it's, guess that's a very Xander thing to do to like kind of shy around. Interesting. Uh, not like directly respond to the thing, but quip around yeah. it. Um, yeah. I guess that like visually, um, they uh, that they also saw he was resemblant uh, or had shared a resemblance with Firefly's Malcolm Reynolds, who I had brought up. He does look cl- like him. Yeah. Yes, and they wanted Nathan Fillion uh, to voice the character, Woo! but I guess. They determine that they're like actually it'd be better if the there's an English voice actor. Yeah. Um. So that's when they made that change. Uh. Yeah. But yeah. You would have um, been great. Hey, who's to say what that world, what that game would have looked like with Nathan Fillion? Um. <laughs> so that's it for the fun facts. Uh. And I'll lead us into the final segment of the day, the game recommendations. And I told you a little bit about this before the podcast, but this is my one forced tie-in to the movie "Call Me by Your Name," where I'm going to treat Dragon Age Origins as your passionate summer love that you have in Italy Mm. that unfortunately is just not destined to last. And so (laughs) in order to help you get over this heartbreak of this this love that made a really big impression on you, I have three new flings for you to help get over uh, this person. They all have something in common because I I find familiarity goes a long way. So um, I've got three for you today. The first of which, uh, I think I'm just going to get to it, and it turns out it's like one of your favorite games ever, Baldur's Gate 3. So why did, <laughs> I mean, there's no point in me talking about it too much more, but um, there's obvious things that you can, uh, similarities you can draw. Yeah. And the early Baldur's Gates were made by Bioware. So yeah, that one, um, I just, we talked about it so much, I was like, okay, great, this is perfect it's oftentimes that i recommend one that really? someone's played all that's the time. good that's good yeah. um the second game recommendation is that if you like bioware but you want a vastly different genre of game you don't want fantasy you don't want this party-based system you want to have a mech simulator i'll recommend an early game from bioware called shattered steel and never heard of this this is a game uh uh, this is a game from was it 1996? Whoa! Uh, made for uh, uh, MS DOS. It also came out on Mac, where it's it's basically like you're playing as a as a mech. And so, if that's a fantasy of yours, that's cool. Uh, I like mechs. There you go. Uh, Shattered Steel is the name. And lastly, uh, is if all that matters to you is you're concerned about origins. How do things start? Where do they come from? Uh, I'm gonna. This is the first time I'm. Giving someone a choose-your-own-adventure because I have two options here. Okay, uh, Kelly, for the for your recommendation, would you rather believe that uh, that uh, um, that God created life, or would you rather go uh, from like the uh, would you rather take the side of like a science believer, like so, like life? Let's came go from science. Organisms. Let's go science. Let's go science. Okay, so that's what you chose. So your recommendation is going to be the game Spore. Have you heard of Spore before? Wait, I have heard of Spore. It's like it's a um, let me go ahead and look, look it back up really quick. But it was made by Will Wright, who uh, also made the uh, SimCity series. Uh, it's a 2008 life simulation real time strategy God game where yeah. you start with like little organisms and you basically control the development of a species. I actually think we had this on my computer. Oh, Wow. Yeah. My goodness. When I was a kid. This because one... we had SimCity and I think it came in a pack. Yeah. That it totally could have. Uh 
It's from I, 2008. Wow. I've I've never played it, but it's one I've heard about uh, for years and years. Uh, uh, and just for fun, um, if you would have chosen, uh, if you want to believe that God created life, uh, the game I would have recommended uh, is called Adam and Eve. It's uh, it's on uh, crazygames.com. Uh, it looks like <laughs> absolute uh, garbage. Um, but- <laughs> I was afraid that you were going to tell me to play the King Kong game or <laughs> the Gollum game. <laughs> No, uh, thankfully, no. Uh, two real highlights from this year. Um, so again, for you, I'll just go down the list before we wrap up. We have your game recommendations today, Baldur's Gate 3, mm. Shattered Steel, and Spore. Spore. Uh, that'll do it for the game recommendations. And that will actually bring us to the end of the show. So before we plug whatever we want and get out of here, uh, thanks again for being so brave and coming on the podcast today, Kelly. It was so fun to hear from you. It was so fun to talk to you. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. Absolutely. Um, you know, on the way out, I know we plugged some stuff earlier, but what do you want the people to know and where can people uh, find you? Um, I am on every – well, yeah, I am on – oh, actually on Blue Sky. I think I'm just Kelly Nugent. But cool. on everything else, I'm Kelly Nugee, N-U-G-E-E. Nice. Um, and, yeah, you can see – I actually think – I have something that's going to be released soon that Ooh. will be cool and I will direct people to it, but I think I can't do that yet. Okay, cool. And then, um, yeah, just check out, um, you know what? Check out, uh, God. Okay, Teen Creeps. That's the oh, podcast yeah. where I talk why Pulp Fiction with Lindsay K. Ty. Check out What Even Is This? That is a podcast where um, we like, basically every week we come up with a new format for what the podcast is so it's oh, just wow. like different <laughs> different things every week yeah um uh oh check out same day shipping that's one with patrick ellers yes. and ryan mogey and colin j morris where we ship where it's currently on hiatus right now but there's tons of back catalog um where we ship everyone with everyone all across uh everything yes and then um exile is that narrative podcast spooky telecosprings.net there we go is my demonic project I've been working on. <laughs> um, and I think that's it for now. Cool. People can follow those socials to keep an eye out for whatever is to come yeah, in the future. It, it'll, it'll be easier to do it that way. Okay, cool. Well, I'll be sure to put a link in the show notes for all of that. Um, and then I'll go ahead and close this out with some plugs of my own. The cover art for Call Me By Your Game is done by the artist Glenn J. You can find him on Instagram at uh, Glenn with two N's, J-A-Y. You can see his other great work there as well. This show is produced, edited, and the music is by Jeremy Schmidt. If you would like to give him a tip of your cap, a thank you for all the work he does on this podcast, check out our other show, Video Games, a comedy show, where I actually guest hosted last week and hosted a a big old conversation on the new Spider-Man game, Spider-Man 2. Uh, It's more of a roundtable-style podcast, but I think you'll like it. If you're part of this network, you you know what that show is. Uh, You can also follow me on social media. I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram as Connor underscore McCabe. On Blue Sky, I'm just Connor McCabe. Uh, I don't stream that much uh, anymore, but I'm on Twitch at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69. And again, if you like me and the conversations I have with people about video games, check us out on Patreon. Uh, There's a ton of bonus content there, but specifically bonus video game podcasts. So if you've gone through the catalog, you're like, I need more con, you can find it there. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, And that will go ahead and do it for this episode of Call Me By Your Game. We will see you on the next one.